Welcome to the Bridget and Josh Show. I'm Bridget. And I'm Josh. And this is the show where we talk about the stuff we think young Cathy should care about. And this week, we think you should care about voting. Voting! Woohoo! Well, how we vote? I mean, voting is good to care about anyway, but specifically, yeah. how the heck does voting work when it comes to an Australian federal election? Yes. So, it's going to be really good. This is part of our election series, getting ready for the election and seeing what happens with it. And one of the key parts of an Australian federal election is voting. Yeah, you can't have an election without some electing. No. <laughs> I wasn't even that funny, but I just... I was pulling anyway. really weird faces while I said it, it just to, to draw out the laughter. Yeah. So, voting. What happens when you vote in Australia? Why do we vote? How does voting even work? Well, just so you know, everybody, voting is compulsory in Australia. Got to do it. Yep. If you are over 18, you need to enroll. Mm. You can actually enroll from the time that you're 16. So, you really? can be... Yeah. Yeah, you, you can enroll from when you're 16, so you can be yeah. ripe and ready when the election happens. That was half my life away, I guess. That's probably why I don't remember that I can yeah. enroll from 16. I was like keen straight away. I was you like, go. excellent, it's my 16th birthday, I'm going to get on this. I should enroll with slate and a chisel, but I didn't really, but um, get it because I'm old, you know, yeah. thin stones. Um, back to voting. Yeah, uh, so voting is really important. Um, we vote with, and we register to vote with... The Australian Electoral Commission, Who also known as the AEC. Also, they have the sassiest twi- account on Twitter. They're very, very funny. Oh, yeah. I love them. They're so good. AEC has my whole heart. I love it. If you run the AEC Twitter page and for some unknown reason you're listening to this po- this podcast, good on you. Good on I- you. Josh enjoys your jokes <laughs> and your sassy comebacks to all of the weird trolly people that somehow think uh, that we vote electronically with Dominion machines that won't mean anything to anyone, yep. uh, but it's kind of cooked. But you're really funny. So keep up the good work. Thumbs up, AEC. Again, back to voting. So I'm really distracted today. <laughs> so the AEC is the Australian Electoral Commission and they run the logistics of all of our voting. So they have everyone's uh, like seats they know where people are enrolled they also kind of like line up that information with other government services that you use for example um i got a letter being like bridget you need to change your enrollment we know where you live now and so we're going to change it for you if you don't do anything and i was like oh okay great so like they did it for me i didn't even have to do anything but when you're 16 you can enroll to vote i'm assuming most people are not 16 and so you should already be enrolled to vote and so you should vote in this election do it so it's compulsory which is actually a very interesting thing about australia a lot of other places don't have compulsory voting but we decided it was important to have the maximum amount of people's voices heard Part of that compulsory voting is that we actually try and make it really easy yeah. for you to compulsorily vote. Vote, yeah. So part of that is we have a fairly long postal vote process slash early voting process. So if you can't make it on election day because you're interstate, 
you or you're overseas you can or you're working or something you know people have lives you can vote early also uh you can vote on election day yeah which is the best way to do it because that way you also have like all of the lead up time you've watched the whole campaign and you're keen to get in yeah. for election day and if you vote on election day you get yourself a democracy sausage democracy on the way out. What a dream. Yeah. Election day 2019 is where I became Bridget from Bean because I voted at the voting festival that they ah. had at the Museum of Australian Democracy at Old oh, Parliament good. House. And it was a really good time. It's got a beautiful community feel. Mm. Um, and Bridget from Bean goes, so it's really... Important. Yeah, exactly. So it's always going to be a good time. <laughs> um, but what else is really important about our compulsory voting is... Voting is always on a Saturday. It's on sort of election day. Mm. That's going to be a Saturday this year in May, we assume. But that information has not yet been made available to us. The election hasn't been called yet. So Mm. we'll see how things go. But Saturdays, 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. is when voting booths are open. And they have them everywhere. Everywhere. Like all over the place. There's like a couple of rules for how somewhere can be a voting place. Mm-hmm. I learned this from the oh. Australian Electoral Commission Education Centre. I don't and know about this. This also... is exciting. I yeah. love learning so... new things at the Bridget and Josh show. Yay. Well, some fun facts about the places that can be polling places are that they have to be sort of publicly owned. Mm-hmm. They can't just be like the back of somebody's dodgy shop or someone's house or something. They also have to have a roof and four walls oh. and they have to have a door that locks. There you go. Because they lock the doors at the end of the day at 6pm yeah. so that they can do the vote counting and the scrutineering. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but there you go. Now, on compulsory voting, um, people might think that you're forcing me to vote, then you're forcing me to then vote for someone. Mm. What if I don't like the candidates, right? It's important to remember that compulsory voting means all you have to, all you're compulsory required to get your piece of paper and to put it in the box. Yep. Now, I'm not encouraging this at all, and I probably shouldn't have been saying this, but you're quite free to get your piece of paper and to put it in blank as well that's an informal vote uh we encourage everyone to vote and use their vote wisely Mm. but it's important to put it out there just at the outset that compulsory voting that actually is an opportunity so a lot of people say well compulsory voting means that i'm forced to then vote for someone who i don't want to vote for Um, but you are free not recommended to and we don't think it's a good idea but you are free to vote informally and waste your vote if that's what you choose to do as well so that's just an important thing Mm. to mention so it's both your right to vote but it's also completely your responsibility yeah. and it's your responsibility to use that well because this is actually the moment election day where you are casting your vote when you are like fully in contact with Australian democracy in its broadest sense and also in its most specific sense like this it's your moment to have your voice voice your vote voice vote voice <laughs> your vote voice tongue twister heard yeah. this is your moment This is where things can really change. And this is where you are like directly in contact with the power that shapes our country, that shapes world events. Like what we do isn't just about us. It's about big picture things. Now I'm getting lost in the vision of how important democracy is. Roll on, sister. (laughs) It's so important and it's so important to use it well. But part of using it well also means knowing what you're doing, knowing who's going to be on that piece of paper, knowing how to use that vote well, and what to do if those people who are listed on those ballot papers are not fully aligning with where your views are sitting. Yeah. So on election day, there's two different things that you're going to do. You're going to vote in the House of Reps and you're going to vote in the Senate. Yeah. And they have different pieces of paper. 
there's lots of information. You can even like practice voting on the Electoral Commission website. I'm obsessed with the Australian yeah. Electoral Commission website. Go there for everything that you need because they are impartial and they like are legally required by a million different laws to be completely impartial and to just promote voting. My favorite thing about them is that they yeah. just like want people to do what needs to be done yeah. in order for things to work well. You know what they should do? Just random, random tangent. You know what yeah. they should have on the AEC website? Like a rating system for democracy sausages. So like <laughs> you always hear about, oh, this school here has like the best democracy sausage mm-hmm. in our electorate. They should have a place where you can find out where the best democracy sausage is. So they can be like, I'm going to go get like Chisholm's award winning uh, chili dog after I vote, you know, like. That's amazing. Maybe it can be like that, like find a rat website. But oh, yeah. instead it's like find the best democracy sausage. Because the best thing about Australian democracy too is that you can vote for your electorate wherever you are. Yeah. So I could be hanging out in Perth on election day and I can mm. still go into a polling place. You would probably need to go to like one of the bigger ones yeah. or something like to make sure that they had yeah. enough bits of paper and be like, hi, I'm Bridget. I'm from Canberra. This is my electorate. Here's my info give me a piece of paper that's going to yeah. let me vote. And they will, even though I'm on the other side of the country. Yeah. Like, you don't even have to be in Australia to be able to participate in our democracy. It's pretty cool. It's amazing. They make it much... Th- uh, and you compared to some other big democracies uh, on the other side of the Pacific, <clears throat> um, Australian and the Australian government and the AEC are committed to making voting as easy as possible. Absolutely. And that's the best thing about it. So in terms of how... V- you talked a bit about the House and mm-hmm. the Senate... We spoke a little bit about the Senate last time, and so it's worth maybe, and I might just break open a little bit how the yeah, Senate working, Senate vote works, and then we can talk about the House, right? And then how, how you might get on the ballot, all that sort of stuff. So exactly. really easily, um, the when you go, you'll get a small mm-hmm. piece of paper, which is green for your House of Reps, and you will get a large bit of what looks like wallpaper um, for the Senate. It could Especially be really big. Especially like New South Wales. New South Wales is, I remember one year, it was like over a metre long. It was huge. And I tried to do all the preferences from 1 to 49, and I made a mistake and had to do it again. It took me like <laughs> 20 minutes. But um, Excruciating. So, and this is important because they have changed uh, mm-hmm. in, I think it was 2000 and. 16 or 2019, one of those, I think uh, it's 2016. Yeah. I think it was Turnbull. Yeah, they changed. Electoral reform. Yeah. So previously, you could put one above the above the line, and that, and then your preference would be would be um, shared out according to what the big party or what all the parties decided their preference would be, mm-hmm. or you could number all of the people below the line, which now, was a lot of people. Yeah, and so what it meant is that you had people who were getting zero point something percent of the vote. Were getting in to the Senate, all because they'd done all these dodgy deals in the back room. Mm. Uh, it's probably a bit strong, a strong opinion. But anyway, we'll move on. So what they've changed now is what you can do is you can number you have to, above the line. You number one to six in your preferences, and I think it, is it one to six or one to twelve below the line. I can't remember. Yeah, maybe one to twelve. Anyway, it's one or the other. So again, you can go on the AC website and have a look. So what you what you'll find on the ballot paper is you have an above the line section and below the line. And so above the line, you will have all the different parties' names. So the Labor Party, the Sustainable Australia Party, the Greens, the Liberal Party, the National Party, um, the Bullet Camber, Bullet Train for Canberra Party, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and so what you can do is you can. Uh, you put one to six across the top. So you might go, I want to vote for uh, the Josh Wicker uh, has amazing an amazing beard party, number one. Uh, the West Tigers are the best party, number two, all the way. All the way through to number six, above the line. Mm-hmm. Below the line, 
It's one to twelve. We've just googled it. Just to make sure that we're, we want to give out ourselves. good information here on the Bridge and Josh Show. So you number the candidates one to twelve. You can go higher if you want. Maybe not. Just do one to twelve. That's an easy thing to do. But um, yeah, and you can actually put the candidate. So you might like, you know, Bob from uh, the Bob has nice hair party, but you don't like Susan from the Bob has nice hair party. But you like Craig from the electric uh, exercise bikes are the best party. So you could put Bob number one and Craig number two. Mm-hmm. What that means is that your preferences are in your hands. And we're going to talk a bit about that. So that's the Senate. What about the House, Bridget? How does that all work? So that is you're going to be your green paper. And that is going to also have a list. It's got some boxes on the left and it's got some names on the right. And you are picking the member that you would like to have in your seat. Does that mean I only have to put one number? It does not. It means that you have to fill out every box to get each of those numbers and you need to do the numbers not necessarily one two three four five six seven down Mm -hmm. the side it needs to just be like filling out all of the numbers in that box in the order that you want it to be in because your preferences are in your hands yeah um it's important because there might be like a couple of different members from the same parties and so you're going to put what number you want it's also really important to remember that the way that our australian democracy works is slightly different from other democracies around the world in that we're voting for a member of a political party in our area and then that party joins up with everybody else and then they form government mm-hmm. then the leader of that party is who becomes our prime minister yeah so my ballot paper in canberra isn't going to say would you like scott morrison to be the prime minister yes no hmm. that's not how it works here. yeah Instead, it's about your local member from your local area and what they're going to be doing in your community and what they're going to be doing federally. Yeah. That's great. So where do you have the... And so those numbers, the one, yeah. two, three, four, whatever, so that, that you do that because then say when they're counting the numbers, mm. when they're counting the votes, if someone doesn't quite get 50%, then the lowest person gets eliminated and their second preference then gets those votes, right? So, yes. And when I mean their second preference, it means that, say, for example, if I vote for Bob from the Bob Has Nice Hair Party as number one and um, was it Craig from the Exercise Bikes, a great party yeah. number two, and if Bob gets eliminated, that means my vote goes to Craig, even if Bob's party said the vote should go for Susan, mm. you know? So, again, your preferences are in your hands. The parties might recommend... Hey, we would like you to vote your preferences X, Y, one, two, three, four, five in this order. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. It's completely up to you. Yep. And you know? the parties are not deciding your preferences. They don't get it. And also your preferences count as a whole vote. It's not like your first preference gets 100%. Your second preference gets 80% because, you know, like you put them second, but like not yeah. first. And so like that's important. But each one is your whole vote is going to each of those things. Mm. And what happens in Australia is that our candidates are elected using an absolute majority, mm. which is how that preferencing and that calculation comes in. Other places use a first past the post or a mm-hmm. simple majority, which is where it's just the first person to get the most amount of votes gets in. In Australia, we really want people to be supported yeah. by the most amount of people. Mm. So whether that's the most amount of people coming as your first preference or the most amount of people that's going to be a combination of your first, second, third, fourth preferences, you know, however many rounds it Mm. takes. Um, So when you're getting your piece of paper, Mm. you're going to put whoever you like the most, whoever you have critically analysed their Mm. impact on your community and on our, you know, Australian community more broadly and potentially the international community, if that's, you know, your vibe, whatever your values are and how they have lined up with you, Mm. chuck them at number one. Number two is going to be whoever comes next in yeah. the way that you have 
made your decision. Three, four, five, six, seven. I think that's usually about yeah, how many there are. Yeah, about thereabouts. Cool. Read the piece of paper yeah. really clearly. And if you're not sure, ask the staff at the voting uh, at the voting centre, at the polling place, because they're there to help you and they, exactly. they want to help you get your voice heard. Yeah. And it's important that you read through all of it and that you have like weighed up those decisions because yeah. your vote really matters. And you're not just flinging your votes everywhere just because you think maybe your first preference will get in or you never think your first preference will get in so you're flinging your vote somewhere else. It's really important to be intentional about this because the power is in your hands and when you have power, you have to have the responsibility to use that well. Yeah. So the thing about like our um, democracy is yeah. that those preferences matter. And in the past, there's always been talk about like what a dodgy preference deals because... Instead of doing first past the post, we do our absolute, not mm. absolute, yeah, yeah, our absolute majority, yeah, which means that someone has to get at least fifty-one percent of the votes. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't get all of the first votes, then the last person is going to be kind of shuffled away, mm. and their votes are going to get distributed. There's amazing graphics and videos and all of this yeah. stuff explaining it much better than I ever could on the Electoral Commission website and also on other news sources mm. that. Um, explain these kind of things but the electoral commission are the people who run it so they're the kind of best source to be going to and a good example of this just in real sort of data is uh i did some number crunching after the last election uh of a few different seats and what i found across the board generally say for example the greens would normally preference the liberals above uh labor rather liberals Mm -hmm. but if you look at preference flows 80% 80% of the Greens' preferences have flowed to Labor, and that's what you'd probably expect just in terms of their values lining up. But 20% of people who voted Greens first will vote Liberal second. Mm. Similarly, uh, in terms of the United Australia Party, you know, they might have preferenced Liberals above Labor. 60% went to the Liberal Party. 40% went to the Labor Party. You know? That's really interesting. So you don't have to do what's on the how to vote. It's really, as we keep saying, the preferences yeah. are yours and they're in your hands. Yeah. So these how to vote cards that we keep talking about are the bits of paper that someone who's at a polling booth might hand you. So they can't actually be directly at a polling booth. They have to be like 50 meters mm. or something away from it, which is kind of funny when you're like at a polling booth place, you see the like line of people doing hand. The gauntlet. Yeah. Or doing the how to vote cards. But then like once you crush that threshold, you're like, oh, this is just like the sausages and the, you know, the families and, you know, the people from the AEC wearing their little jackets and giving you a nice pencil. Um, Mm. But a how to vote card is what a party suggests that you vote so that that way they can get into power, basically. Like Mm. if you're going to put it bluntly, they want you to vote for them so that way they can make change in their community because that's what we all want. Or we want things to stay the same in our community, Mm -hmm. which is also important. So our how to vote cards are what someone will suggest that you could vote. So that can be helpful if you are not really sure what you want to do. But what you can do is, you know, make your own how to vote card. Mm. Decide what you want, what your values are and who lines up with that. So we'll do some more stuff about like how to pick a candidate, yeah. but not in a way that I was telling you how to pick a candidate goes, but how you can be weighing mm. up what's important to you so that you can be looking at yeah. um, who you can be voting for. But it's really important that you do that intentionally and that you do it well. Great. Because your vote is yours. It's not controlled by a party or by anyone else. It's totally yours. Mm. And that's the same within the Senate. Um, like you explained. Hmm. Um, The Senate, uh, often on the piece of paper, is going to list it by the people who are in a group, for example, in a party or in kind of an alliance of parties Mm -hmm. or of independents, and then it'll have the people who are 
just like plain independents or who are just single people in a party. Um, and then after that, you've got your house of reps yeah. vote and they will list people randomly. So they have actually this great process of like listing people on the ballot paper, because as you might assume, like the first name that you see on a piece of paper, you're going to yeah. like be like, oh, maybe I should it's put worth one about 2% next to them. Yeah. yeah. 2% on different. polling day. Yeah, yeah. Putting one next to number one. Mm. So in order to avoid that, bias or to kind of mitigate it as best as possible what they actually do is they get like employees from the AEC or it can be anyone actually yeah. it can be any Australian um to they have like the list of all the people who are going to be on the ballot paper coming from pre-selections which are mm-hmm. the ways that parties pick who are going to be running for elections and then they I'm doing a lot of hand actions but only Josh can see them they're great um, Take my word for it, so everyone's on a big wall it's a There's big wall great videos on it and they put like number balls into like a little roller thingy like it's the lotto and someone oh, has good. their blindfold on and they like roll the thing and the person with the blindfold pulls the ball out and that's where like each person goes and then they do that process again to like double oh, okay. randomize yeah, yeah. it so oh, that cool. that way yeah, yeah. it's like extra yeah you know randomized and there you go it's pretty good yeah it's, great so that's how we try and make things fair awesome all the things that the AEC does are about trying to make things fair, whether that's enabling you to be able to go to the polling place on polling day, whether you have like uh, language needs, mm. accessibility needs, all sorts of things, whether it's just like your work time needs, like uh, some people work on Saturdays and the election's on a Saturday. Like yeah. they try and make it as easy as possible for you to be voting. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. So that's, you've voted. So I guess we won't move into what happens you know, it's six yeah. o'clock. The polling place is closed. Yep, they lock the door. Make sure you vote before six o'clock. It's eight a.m. till six o'clock. Yep. Uh, all the volunteers they lock the door. What happens next? Well, I've actually been there. Have so you really? back in the day when I was involved a bit more in politics than I am now, uh, I would go and volunteer for candidates mm-hmm. uh, from my party or people that I knew. Uh, would hand out how to vote cards. I'd talk to people. It was really fun, actually. Like it was. And I, most of the time, sometimes I had some dodgy encounters, but I reckon nine out of 10 times, Mm -hmm. it was actually great because you got to know the people, like I would get to know people from the Labour Party, from Mm -hmm. the Greens, from all these other independents. We would have, would like try and make each other laugh by saying different things when we're handing out how to vote cards to people. (laughs) Um, You just make these lovely friends because we're all in it for the right reason, right? We're all interested and we're all passionate about our communities. And so you'd, you'd have these wonderful people. I've made some, had some fun conversations. So you'd get there, it'd be six o'clock, the day would be wearing down. You'd have your last, so there's always a bit of a last rush in that last half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you sign your form, you've got to sign a, a form. So your candidate will sign a, so if I'm handing out for say Bob from the Bob's Hair is Great Party, mm-hmm. Bob will have a form. That's called a scrutineer form. So a scrutineer is someone who provides scrutiny to make sure that the voting is done appropriately and fairly and mm-hmm. there's no dodgy business going on. So Bob would sign the form appointing, I appoint Josh to be my scrutineer. I'll take that, I'll hand it to the manager of the polling place. I have to take off my any uh, promotion material on his shirt that says Bob, vote one Bob with his nice hair or whatever it might be. Yep. Put another shirt on, of course. Can't walk around shirtless. Oh around my goodness, the point, but appropriate. Dear me. Um... And you go in there. You have to be in there before they lock the door because if you're late, you miss out. And yeah. so what they do, they lock the door. And then you haven't done your responsibility of yeah. voting well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or voting at all, really. Yeah. So they lock the door 
um, and they get all the ballot boxes. And so the way it works is they have checks and balances for everything. Well, not che- checks to scrutinize everything. So mm-hmm. you'll notice that when you get your your ballot paper, it'll be they print them on these pads, and then you'll find someone will write a letter or, or write some signal. Uh, it's probably just like an initial, and they'll tear it off, and there'll be a, a stub that's left, and that has an initial and a corresponding number. They hand you the ballot paper. They can't identify who what ballot paper belongs to that initial. Mm-hmm. But what that does is it makes sure that they're counting. So they've got a number. Look at their stubs at the end of the day. They know exactly how many ballot papers were distributed on election day. Yep. And that's important because when they're counting, once they've counted, it has to be within five ballot papers. If the number is different than more than five, they have to count again. And then if it... Is it different again? It then goes to the court of dispute or returns and this whole wow. process, right? That's amazing because there could be yeah. thousands of people voting at a Yeah, so like a big polling day. place should have about 4,000 votes. So you, yeah. they range from, I mean, you get some rural polling places which are about 100 votes. Some of your bigger ones, uh, Sydney Town Hall, Melbourne Town Hall, um, some of your big schools, all that sort of stuff, you'd have two, three, four thousand 4,000 um, people voting on election day, especially in those smaller electorates. Mm. Um, so, and then each box... They have these special cable ties that are basically impossible to get off. You don't have the right sort of pair of scissors. And they're numbered as well. They're initialed and numbered. And so what will happen is all the scrutineers will get around. You've got a whole lot of people counting. So scrutineers cannot touch ballot papers. Mm-hmm. Um, all you do is watch. So what happens is the polling place manager who will explain the process, uh, who will explain how the counting is going to work. Often it's people who haven't counted votes before. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole process. Because they get an amazing amount of like yeah. short-term employment yeah. for people yeah, who are working. Good on money, elections. actually. If you want to yeah. make a quick buck, you know, if, as long as you're not in a political party, and you can have a look on the website, they'll, um, they'll the AAC website. If you want to work on election day, go for it. It's it's, yeah. it's a great experience. I haven't worked. I've volunteered, but um, but yeah. So they cut open the boxes. They put all the ballot papers in the middle on this big table, and they start to count. So the first thing they do. Um, and there's two there's two votes that we're looking to identify. The first is our primary vote number, and that's basically look at who was the primary or first preference on each of the ballot papers. Mm-hmm. And to do that, they just put them in stacks. So there's Bob's got a stack, uh, Craig from the Exercise Bike Party's got a stack, Susan's got a stack, all the all that way across, right? And so that's first just to identify. And what the scrutineers do, they really have two roles. Mm-hmm. The first and primary role is they're basically making sure that the right votes go in the right pile. Yeah. Um, and so they can challenge votes. So say if there's a, if say the one and the two look the same, they can challenge that. And so that's to make sure that every vote is being put in the right place, that the, the will of the voter is being respected. Absolutely. And that's the most important thing that the people who are volunteering mm. or who are working on elections are doing is that they want your vote to be respected as mm. much as it can be and to be as much about your voter intent as possible, which is mm. why it's essential that you're making your votes really clear, mm. that you're making your numbers really clear, mm. um, that you don't add kind of extra little bits and pieces. Yeah. And that's and that's what's really important because mm. I've often been there and, and you look and you think, I actually can't tell whether that's a one or a two and I'll challenge that. And scrutiny is for candidates. They want their candidate to win. So they're going to challenge things that are questionable because if mm. they can't say, well, you've said that's for that person, but that actually isn't clear then that's going to be challenged, right? So clear numbers are important. So that's the yeah. first role. The second role is intel gathering. What they're trying to do is they want to find out really quickly what the how many votes they got in that polling booth. And I'll get yeah. to why that's important in a bit. So, yeah, that first step is they count the primary votes. And then what they'll often do, what happens next, and this, this is the lower house, the House of Reps. The Senate is a longer process and it's more complicated. Yeah. They often, they'll do that after the House of Reps and it takes quite a number of weeks. 
But what they want to try and do, the AEC are really conscious that people want to know who won the election, so they try and give out some initial um, votes, initial count, temporary, not temporary count, but you know what I mean, like a first sort of get, not yeah, guess. A first draft. A guess. first draft, a draft results. Yeah. Um, there's a word that indicative, I don't know whatever the word is, but um, so they, they want to try and get that as quickly as possible so people know who wins the election. All right, so what they're trying to do is they're trying to count the primary votes, so they'll do that. And then from there, to one of two things generally will happen. Mm-hmm. If it's in a seat like, say, my old seat of MacArthur in the southwest of Sydney, you always know it's really going to be between the Liberal Party and the Labor Party. Yeah. The Greens, Independents, they never get that many votes. So what they'll do, after they've done the primary votes and they've recorded that, and if I'm scrutineering, I'll write down what the number is for all of the candidates, they'll then look at the ballot papers mm-hmm. and they'll look and go, okay, well, this is ballot paper number one. So they've got, uh, they've had, you know, someone from the Greens as their first preference. And then they'll see what's higher in their preferencing, Labor or Liberal. And then they'll delegate that, do an indicative count, and they'll put that on the Labor or Liberal pile. So if they preference Labor second, Liberal third, yep. they'll put it on the Labor pile. Yeah. What that does, it just it it is a shortcut to get the second, the uh, what we call the two-candidate preferred. Mm-hmm. Uh, result as quickly as possible and so that means the preference system works and until you get your two candidates that's when you know you're going to get a winner yeah what that does is they do that for all the votes it gives a real early indicative uh, result Mm -hmm. so that i can go okay well the liberal party got 40 percent of the primary votes in this booth but uh on the two party preferred from this quick calculation they got maybe 55 percent yeah and then then the AC goes, okay, on an indicative result, we know that in this polling place at Bob's Hair, well, not can't be Bob's Hair Salon, so that, because that's not a public place, but Bob's Primary School, yep. um, Liberal Party got X amount of votes in the first part, in the, in the primary vote, and this is the two candidate preferred between Labor and Liberal. Now, if it's a three-cornered contest or we're not sure, you know, it might be that there's a strong independent, that becomes trickier. Then they'll actually go through the process of actually distributing those preferences. Mm-hmm. And they might do a few different counts. And that becomes tricky if you don't know because you can't distribute preferences booth by booth because, say, for example, uh, the independent might be really strong in this booth but mm-hmm. hardly any vote booth, votes in the other one. So that has to then yep. come to the second count where they, it's the che- what they call the check count. Yep. Um, so that takes that's why it takes a little bit longer. So, for example, in the by-election in New South Wales, mm-hmm. in Willoughby, uh, Beagle was known on election night because they knew it was between Labor and Liberal, but Willoughby... Because it was a question about whether it was Liberal or the Greens or Liberal and the Independent, it took a little bit longer for those preferences to flow. And it's really important that it's done right yeah. and not rushed. They have that all over the AEC website, is that it's they're going to try and do, not try, but they will. They mm. will do every vote very thoroughly. But we also know that people want to have yeah. an end result on election night, which doesn't always happen because mm. this process takes so long. And it's important that the process is done properly so that way we do actually have the government who the people voted yeah. for. Yeah, and that's what you... And you see in those safe seats that those seats are called really early. Mm-hmm. We might even only have 30% of the vote done and they'll get a good count on election night. But then they all, all... Every single vote goes back to the AEC offices in those regions and they all get counted again thoroughly. So everyone's vote gets counted. That's why you'll see numbers and tallies will change from election night into the, um, into the, the check count that happens in the days and weeks afterwards, right? Yeah, and then they also have to bring in postal votes from overseas yeah. or other interstate votes or mm. however else people have voted. Yeah, so that initial count is really just to give an indicative result of where things are going to be by the time we all go to bed on election night. And so what 
this second role that the scrutinies have of intel gathering, this is where this becomes important. Mm-hmm. So once a polling place, once the polling manager has checked, it is, he's made sure that the ballots, they've, they're not missing ballots and all that sort of stuff, they will then send their initial numbers through to the AEC. That will be uploaded onto the AEC website. And then the AEC has this uh, computer program mechanism thing, which then will distribute those results through a system. And that system is picked up and fed into the computers for Anthony Green on the ABC and Channel yep. 7 and Channel 9 and the tallyroom.com.au and mm-hmm. Paul Bludge and all these guys, these amateur, what they call cephologists, guys who count votes. <laughs> and that's when you start seeing the numbers. So when yep. Anthony Green's computer is coming out, those are the early numbers. So that's what we'll talk about. Oh, we're getting early numbers from the Electoral Commission. Yep. So those numbers come through, right? So everyone knows that. But you might have also noticed that you've got these politicians sitting on the panel and yes. they'll be, oh, I'm hearing this. Uh, in this electorate, on this number of percent of the vote, we have this many votes. Mm. And they're often a bit ahead of the curve of the of their computer and the AEC, right? Yeah. The reason that is is because they're getting the numbers from the scrutineers. Interesting. So what the scrutineers are doing, they get their initial paper results and they'll phone, they'll then pick up the phone or they'll send a text. Mostly they'll text send, send a text message. Yeah. And each candidate will have someone who does the numbers. So this is what I used to do yep. on election night. So I had a computer program that had historical data built in mm-hmm. for, the, for the one electorate I was working on. And I people had my phone number. So once they had primary vote mm-hmm. numbers, they would send them through. Once they had two party preferred, they'd send them through to me as soon as possible. Because what that helped the, helps the candidate do is they get a bit of a picture of how things are going for them. So that's why you might have Penny Wong will say, okay, well, I'm hearing from this seat that we have this number. So what will happen is as those numbers are coming through, the candidates then sending to head to the campaign managers yep. in party headquarters. These are the numbers we're seeing, you know, and especially in key marginal seats, mm-hmm. they're the numbers that will come out. Mm. And then that they'll get then sent onto their politicians on the TV. And that's how you get that information. Um, yeah, so it means that, you know, so I, I worked a, a campaign in 2013 and I knew by, so the counting starts, your first numbers roll on at about 7 o'clock. Yep. I knew by 7.45, this is most marginal seat in the country, mind you, at the time. Yeah. I knew within an hour of getting result, the first results in that we were going to lose the seat just on, because you yep. can pick it up on where swings are happening and yep. where you need, you, people know which booths they need to perform well in and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's a bit of what happens on the other side of voting Very on election night. So, yeah. Amazing. So then all of that comes together. We often get that indicative uh, mm. indication, indicative indication. Yeah. We often get that sort of probably it will be this yeah. government with these people seats. But then sometimes the process drags on mm. for weeks. 17 even. days, whatever it was, in uh, or 20 days, whatever yeah. it was back in 2010. Yeah. Yeah, to get those fine tooth comb mm. going over those votes to make sure that we're getting our preferences right, to make sure that we're counting every single vote that was yeah. cast, making sure that there's nothing stuck on a train anywhere mm. or stuck you know, in a truck yeah. getting brought over from you know the US or whatever someone's done their postal voting through. Yeah. Um, you can also, fun fact, overseas you can vote at different like Australian embassies and things like okay. that. So it's really we're trying to get as many people uh, voting as possible yeah. and that's really important like so you you know saying 2019 scott morrison was up maybe 11 o'clock you know i you've heard it on the opener of the podcast right i've always believed in miracles off he goes and claims victory mm. at that point zero seats in the house of representative were declared so a seat isn't someone hasn't won until the AEC declares yes. the person winning. And so on election night, you know, some people go, oh, it's not over yet because the AEC hasn't said, well, people, you know, people who do this sort of stuff, 
they've been doing it for a long time so they can you know they can read the tea leaves so to speak mm. um but nothing's formal until those seats are declared and that's because exactly like you're saying bridget they're wanting to make sure every single vote is counted and that's so you they'll you it will only be in the week two weeks afterwards that you'll start seeing all of those seats being declared so that doesn't mean we shouldn't listen to what we hear on election night uh where we end up and whether we're really lucky in australia got really good uh cephalogists and people work for these major um communication companies aec will put out um really good data on election night so you can tell most of the time right so we shouldn't be doubting the data Mm. but we also just should know that there's still a lot of counting so every every vote has to be counted to say now this is the definitive result as well it's really important that data because then we can use that data to have indications or kind of make uh predictions about what can happen next it also means that we can see where maybe some of the kind of sticky points in the way that we run our elections happens for example some of those super marginal seats Hmm. you can see on the data from the aec that the margin that the difference between who won and who lost is smaller Hmm. than the informal vote yeah so if your vote is informal that's because like maybe your numbers were unclear or because you drew something on it instead of writing Mm. your numbers or because you didn't fill out all the numbers and stuff like maybe you're like oh well this person's my number one why do i have to do the rest of the numbers if your ballot is informal it's because it's incomplete or it's done you know something else has happened some one of the really important things to remember is that those votes count and they are counted and they can make all the difference between who wins and who loses yeah so using your vote well and doing it uh correctly and weighing up all of these things and knowing how the system works are really essential in the way that you can have your voice said yeah and i think that's really important like we see you know electorates have roughly 90 to 100 thousand people in it right so you'd think you know well gee whiz that's um that's a lot of people how does how can my vote actually count right and so but what you when you get down to the nitty-gritty mm. you know if you look at some of these really close elections that we're talking less than 100 votes you know like it's really really um really marginal like i'm looking at um the seat of macquarie which is one of the most marginal seats in the country 371 votes was the difference there have been elections that have been decided by 20 votes eight votes 13 votes in the last few years right so every vote does count so get out there and get amongst it and do your research and vote vote early vote often vote well yeah, well, in, when I was in the Liberal Party, they used to say vote early, vote often, vote Liberal, but your one is probably a little <laughs> bit better. But um, yeah, vote, um, get your democracy sausage, enjoy the experience, kick back and, you know, it's actually kind of fun to watch. I love watching it. I, um, I'll often sit here with the brothers and we'll watch it and, and that sort of stuff and I'll be giving my very amateur commentary and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But um, it's, a, it's a fun time, you know. It can be sad when the person you want to win doesn't win and, and but it's, it can be really fun when whoever you're choosing to support does win as well you know so um yeah hopefully that's helped you just uh, break open a bit uh hopefully we've broken up a bit uh how our voting works and how preferences work yeah reach out if you have any questions let us know if anything you're not sure about get in touch we because yep. we just want to help make sure that voting is as enjoyable and as easy a process for you as possible because really that's that's how we can make our voice heard and we really want uh, the voice of young Catholics in this country to be heard, um, and to be and to be able for you to, to have your say and and let your you know put your vote out there so to speak. 
Absolutely. And if you want some other key resources, the Australian Electoral Commission website is really uh, informative. It's got all sorts of stuff from all over. You can practice your voting. You can see who's going to be in your seats soon. Some of that information isn't available until the election's called and pre-selection and those kind of things are finished. Um, Also, the uh, Parliamentary Education Office, the Australian Parliament House website, Uh, We'll have information on your members. Hmm. Um, We'll do some more stuff about resources, but those are some good things to check out while you wait. Yeah. So hopefully you've enjoyed uh, this episode today and that you're enjoying our little election season. Um, Yeah, we'll see you next time. See you later.